Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Now we're heading to a farm at Springston in Canterbury. Cosmo Kentish Barnes is there with a young farmer and entrepreneur who's delivering milk to people's doors, just like his grandfather did. My name's Alex Irvine, and we're on the original farm that my parents bought in 1984. We are standing beside your pasteurising factory now and your bottling plant. Yeah, so, so we process uh, and, and bottle pasteurised A2 milk. It goes in glass bottles, so we get the empty bottles back from the customers and then sterilise them, uh, refill them, get them back out to the customers again. Yes. So before you started bottling milk, were you working on the family farm? Yes, I was, I was at university, so I, I did university, did, did my Bachelor's of Commerce there, and then in between university, yeah, I was, I was on the farm and, yeah, sort of filling in where need be. Yes, because the Irvine family have four farms, don't they, around here? Four farms, yes, yep, three in Springston and one in Leeston. And you process the A2 milk that comes off, what, one of the farms? Yeah, yeah, so it, it comes off the main farm that Dad had originally purchased, so... We sort of thought that would be the most appropriate farm to, to turn in to make, make the whole thing go yes. full circle. So is it a 100% um, A2 herd? Yeah, 100% A2 herd, yeah. The other three dairy farms have got A2 cows in them, but we just filtered all of the A1 protein cows out and put them at the other farms so we could have this 100% A2. For people who aren't um, familiar with A2 milk, what are its main benefits? The way I, I describe it is... We break it down a lot slower in, in, in our digestive system. So A1 protein is, if, if you'd imagine a bunch of little dots and then your enzymes have to immediately try to break those down in your digestive system, whereas A2 protein is, is more like a solid bar and, and we sort of our stomachs sort of slowly chip away at breaking it down, so it's a lot easier on our stomachs. Mm. There's a real value add there, I guess, in terms of sales. Yeah, well, it's just a, it's another point of difference. You know, we've, we've got the environmental side that we look at, uh, the A2 protein side and the, the glass bottle, the sustainable side. So there's a few different points of difference there with our milk, yeah. So did you start this whole venture on your own? Yeah, I did. I had, I had some savings. I used to rear up bull calves when I was younger and rear them up to 100 kgs and sell them and then had my little set of savings. And I was, I was sort of at the point where I either had enough money to buy a house, you know, have a deposit for a house or, or start a business. And I suppose following in my, my parents' footsteps, I sort of was that way inclined. So, yeah, I dropped all my money on that and I just bought a little bottling plant and a little pasteuriser as sort of a proof of concept yeah. and um, had that for about a year, then thought, let's do it, and then got right into it. Did you see there was a gap in the market? Yeah, I did. I, I, I sort of saw a few people around the country doing it and I sort of thought hey look this is this is probably something to look into I probably thought about it for about a year to be honest and in line with this business there's a lot of compliance and you know 
with that sort of thing, where do you start? So I got on the blower to a, to a few friends and got in touch with a, with a guy, Rod Finch. Um, he's, he's my MPI advisor and he's helped me out a lot throughout, throughout the whole process and, and getting it to the market. Yes. So you presented the idea to your parents and they agreed to supply the A2 milk? Yeah, well, originally actually I, I, I sort of wanted to, to, to sort of start it on my own accord. You know, I've, I've always been someone that wants to start my own legacy and create my own legacy but, but carry on my parents at, at the same time. And so initially I actually bought milk off Ferngrove Farms, which was Mark Williams' Aylesbury Creamery down in Burnham. Oh, so you weren't using the yeah. milk from your farm, your no, family farm? No, 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 not originally. No, for the first six months to a year probably I was, I was buying off them. And then, then it was like, cool, well, yep, now we can justify changing a whole herd into A2. And so, yep, did the agreement and mum and dad were happy with everything. So, How yep. old were you when you started the business in 2019? Uh, 24, 20, 23 going on 24, yeah. Oh, wow, so you've taken on board a lot at quite a young age. Yeah, it's been good. I suppose I've been instilled some, some good work ethics, you know, as a, as a kid of... You know, I've, I've, I've been driving since I was about 11 which, <laughs> on the farm and, you know, um, no, mum and dad have taught me a good work ethic and, you know, you need to get out there and, and money doesn't come free and, and it's, that's something I've, you know, respect a lot from them that, you know, I have, haven't been handed it. The value of money is important to, to teach your children and they've done a great job, I feel, anyway. So at the start, were you doing everything, the milking, the pasteurising, the bottling, the delivery? Yeah, I'd sort of, I'd, I'd probably be milking maybe once a week, but that would only be if we had sickness on the farm. But yeah, I was, I was doing the pasteurising, the bottle washing, the filling, the deliveries right through. I was, I was doing some, some pretty big hours and yeah, it was, it was a big year and my current relationship at the time, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty <laughs> tough on them. And at that time you were even delivering milk all the way up to Nelson. Drive up to Nelson, drop, drop the milk there, turn around, come straight back, and then do it all again. And then, yeah. As well as supplying people yeah. in Christchurch? As well as supplying Christchurch. Obviously I had, um, had my staff there, but yeah, when the Nelson side of it started, that was, that was very early days, and I'd, I think I only had one or two staff members, so running around trying to do everything was, was pretty hectic, as, as well as trying to interview staff to, to fill the demand that we, we had. So Yes. Yeah. How many people do you have working here? Uh, so there's three staff in there currently. One person will be doing the bottle washing. They'll be in the bottle washing machine. There's one person doing the capping side of it at the end of the bottle filler, and then there's one person packing off and also doing quality checks on the on the caps. Do you employ anyone else? I've got one driver who does the commercial side of it, and then we have JD and Nisha who run the home delivery side of it. So there's a fair bit of juggling, a fair bit of... <laughs> A few little logistics going on there. But I did read that you won a big contract to supply the University of Canterbury with all their milk. Yeah, we did. We did. We were very happy with that. We, we were actually up against Sinlay for that. But um, ultimately, the sustainability side of it pulled it through for us. And we were obviously highly focused on that. So that's what got us that. But yeah, we're very lucky to have them. We've got other places like the convention centre and the Littleton Port, places like that. They go through a lot of volume and, yeah, they're great customers to deal with. Even though you were brought up on the farm and have a farming background, your commerce and marketing degree must have really helped you realise your vision. Yeah, I suppose one thing that I'm quite big on is problem solving. I probably learned that from my father because my father's a A-grade mechanic by trade. 
actually before he, he went into dairy farming. Oh, that's handy on the farm. It is, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a lot of mechanics bills, but yeah, no, so, that, so that's something that, you know, I, I love the whole process engineering side of it and, and problem solving. Yeah. Yes. We are going to go out onto the farm later on to meet some of your cows, but first let's go into the factory and see what's happening because it sounds like the bottles are being cleaned. They are, they are, they're getting sterilised as we speak. At the back of the factory, the drop-off zone is busy and noisy. Hundreds of used milk bottles clank as a conveyor belt carries them into a washing machine. So the bottles are coming in here now, so that um, it washes eight bottles at a time. It'll come through and, and sterilise them from the top. They'll go around and they'll They'll go through a brush system and then they'll get a final spray at the bottom with the alkaline. This machine does about 3,500 bottles an hour. Once sterilised, the bottles go back onto the conveyor belts to continue their recycling journey. So they're coming straight through off the bottle washer, through a gap in the wall, into the hygienic area and then they're coming round, they're going through a secondary bottle washer at the other end which washes the outsides of the bottles and then they're coming through, they're getting a pre-rinse, they're getting filled, capped and then packed off and straight into the chiller again. So how many bottles go through the factory here in a day? Oh, it's, it's probably only about 2,000 a day. And is that increasing? It is, it's increasing a lot. We probably get about 20 to 30 new, new home delivery customers every week and, and we're probably bringing on three to four new businesses which is amazing. 40 or 50 small steel kegs are piled up at the back of the bottling room. So this is a company we've partnered with called Spout. So they started up in Dunedin. So it's essentially like a beer keg filling system, but for milk. And so we've probably got maybe 12 to 15 of our commercial customers are with a, a keg system. So places like cafes, we've got Hokitika Sandwich Company, the Littleton Port's on, on that, uh, Papanui High School's even on that. They'll hook it into a small fridge and then, just like you see down in the pub, you've got a tap and you, you can fill your milk up. Yeah. Do you do different sorts of milk? So we do, we do a whole milk, which is, as it comes out of the cow, pasteurised, and then we do, do a low-fat milk, which is the, the sort of one and a half, two percent fat milk and then we do like a double cream which would be I'd say the highest fat cream on the market. So this milk we can see being bottled right now, where will it be going to? So this will go all over Christchurch from Southbridge up to Pegasus and all the businesses in between and yeah right across Christchurch. Just like the old days? Yep, yep. and there's also um, free range eggs, we've, we're with a free range egg company as well so it's, if we can help them out with their sales and, and we're offering more of a service to our customers and that's just great. We head to a cow paddock down the road from the factory. Yes. No! And Alex steps in a cow pad. <laughs> we are standing in a paddock with a few hundred of the the cows these aren't the a2 cows are they there will be a2 cows in here but okay. but this is not the not the a2 herd that, that supplies supplies canterbury's choice it's, it's the adjacent farm over there which which has got the a2 cows yes and who are we with here 
Uh, with my parents here, Dave and Carrie. David, when did you first start farming? Oh, I bought my first farm in 1984. Um, my father had a, a milk crown. I grew up when I was young delivering milk and I distinctly remember going out helping dad delivering delivering milk in the Brindawa area all around there we used to do here. That would have meant some early morning starts I guess for you. Yeah early morning starts yeah it was great as a family we used to go out and mum would come out as well and we'd all get out and help and deliver the bottles of milk with the old Bedford milk truck and delivering the milk. (laughs) Hard work. Yeah it was hard work and then dad went into a small dairy farm himself um, our farm is different, ours is not a family farm. We started it ourselves as a small farm and we've grown it to where it is now. So it's quite amazing the way it's done. A, with my family, with Alex's involvement, it's done a, a total 360 and now we're back ourselves on our own farm producing our A2 milk. Putting it into bottles? Into bottles, yeah. Your father would be very impressed. He would be if he was here, yes. Unfortunately, Dad passed away before Alex got started in that, but um, he did get to see get to see us with our own dairy farm, which was really good. Yes. How did you and Kerry react when um, Alex suggested that you start bottling your own milk? Well, that's a million-dollar question. We thought uh, university graduate uh, having his dream, let's just support him and let him go as you do for your children, but we didn't actually envisage it would it would grow into what it's grown into. It's, we're really impressed and really proud of what he's done. Kerry, why do you think bottled milk is making a comeback? I think just, you know, just the way the environment's going now and, and everyone wants to be, you know, be sustainable and looking after the environment and everything like that. So, yeah, that, that seems to be the way to go. It was funny when Alex first started oh I've got to figure out how to pasteurise milk in the kitchen at home and I was like what are you doing (laughs) I've got to know how to pasteurise milk this is what you do I was like okay (laughs) it all started in the kitchen it did indeed (laughs) I need some really big pots mum okay (laughs) right okay what are you doing (laughs) lots of trial and error yeah it was it was but between us all we, we got it sorted and got the time temperature ratios right and had some pasteurised milk David, you've got four farms, and each one has its own milking platform. Correct, yeah, four dairy farms, about 3,000, 3,500 cows, with one dedicated A2 herd for the Canterbury's Choice project. Yeah, so the, the farming side of it is, is White Gold Limited, and then, then I started up Canterbury's Choice Limited. And you have quite a lot to do with these four dairy farms, don't you? Yes. On a day-to-day basis. Yep, yep. So I sort of oversee the managers and help them out with their feed budgeting and make sure that we're, we're hitting grass residuals, costs aren't getting too out of control, especially with how much the milk price is fluctuating over the yes. last few years. But, yeah. What sort of cows do you have on the farm? So we're primarily a crossbred between Frisian and Jersey. We sort of typically go for 10 parts Frisian to 6 parts Jersey. Yeah, they're not as big as some Frisians we see around, are they? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're not Holstein Frisians. Um, they're not like the old town milk supply cows that were, yeah, were very big cows. I guess uh, with the Jersey component in them, they produce a bit more cream. They do, yeah, yeah. We've sort of found that's where the sweet spot is, the F10 J6, and you get a bit of a smaller cow, but a really high-quality milk. 
So, yeah, it works out well. Now, sustainability is an important part of Canterbury Choice's story. What environmental practices have you put in place? Yeah, we try to do, definitely do our part for, for the environment. We do things like we put on uh, chicken litter and, and mushroom compost as, as fertilisers. We've, we've got about 15,000 native plants around the farm that we did a partnership with the Department of Conservation for and riparian plantings for bank conservation, things like that. We've also got a bioreactor in one of our waterways that comes through from, from the mountains out to Lake Ellesmere, and we're pretty proud that as dairy farmers we can say that you know water quality entering our property is, is dirtier than when it leaves our property because not many people can say that. So does that bioreactor uh, remove nitrates from the water? It does, it does. Yes, it's a, it's a 150 metre long strip with all these bags right through it which, which acts as a filter that filters out nitrates through wood chips. So it was partnered with um, with Department of Conservation, so so they had a big team on it as as well as us being there as well, yes. helping out. But yeah, I, th- I think the end results were about fifty percent reduction in nitrates in, in the water, which is which is phenomenal. Yes, is that something that your parents pushed? Yeah, my parents have worked with Doc for a while now, and so they've got a really close relationship. And we always do different trials for them, and the same with Lincoln University, we, we do a lot of trials with them as well to help out and. It sort of you know gets us to be at the front, the forefront of of the industry with the new technology that's happening, and you know instead of finding out a few years later once everyone else is on into it, we get to be the first to know. Bobby calves has been a big topic over the past few years. What's your approach towards uh, the calves? Yeah, so we put everything that isn't going as a replacement calf as beef. So this year we did uh, Shirley and Wagyu calves, and we sell those to either. Um, like the Wagyu's went to the first light company and then they get reared up and sent over to Japan and then, uh, yeah, the, for the Chirolet, we sell them to lifestyle block farmers and things like that, yeah. Do you have to buy in a lot of feed? No, we're fully self-sufficient. We've got about 530 hectares of runoff land, so we, we grow all our own maize corn, grass silage, barley grain... So we use the barley for the for the in-shed feeding. Uh, obviously the grass silage is used when we're a bit short on the grass as a supplement and yeah, the, the maize is the same thing, the maize corn. Gosh, you've got a lot of things to think about on a daily basis, Alex. Yeah. What is the future for Canterbury's Choice? I'm wanting to... I'm, I'm definitely wanting to get a larger proportion of the market in, in Christchurch. Um, I'd love to, to be able to set up franchises down in Timaru or, or you know Ashburton or something like that, you know, helping out other people and supplying the milk. But yeah, also would love to create relationships with local cheeseries and things like that to better supply them and really get our product out there in the market. Yeah. And what's on your agenda for the rest of the day? I've got to get a get a calf on the truck at twelve o'clock. We support IHC so we always donate a calf every year. That's getting picked up. Uh, shortly, so I'll, I'll go and get that on the truck, and that'll go into the Canterbury sale yard tomorrow. And all proceeds go to intellectually handi- handicapped people, which is awesome. And then I'm out in the tractor for the whole afternoon, cultivating the land, ready to put the kale in for next season's winter. A2 milkman Alex Irvine from Canterbury's Choice. Cosmo was also talking to his parents, David and Kerry Irvine. There are photos of Alex's milk bottling plant on the Country Life webpage. Just type Country Life RNZ into your search engine. 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.